That's really disappointing. What? Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the packaged pargeter. Uh, that was a lot of peas. Um, I don't even like peas that much. Although, actually, no, I started to come around. I had uh, rice and peas the other day and actually put peas in it as opposed to just beans. It's really so nice. Having, having worked in a restaurant with a, um, a Jamaican owner, um, she when she when she refers to rice and pea, she it's, actually means kidney beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so that's what rice and peas is. No, yeah. but that's, that's what I mean, is I put peas in with it as well. Because they're nice, they're vibrant. They're little, little yeah. packets of, of sweetness. Yeah, mm-hmm. little pa- packets of colour in it. It's nice. Um, although I actually put sweet corn in with it as well, so I think it was... Now it's just becoming a fucking... Yeah. 1980s <laughs> lunchbox. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, gentlemen, how are we? What's everyone up to, other than... And I'm beans? Brett. <laughs> uh, Brett, you go first. I have been working on cabiny things, uh, which is just... Lots of paperwork and logistics. Not fun, but at least we're making progress now that a couple of the offices have started to, um, what, accept online All right. submissions for things. But I was telling Steve in the pre-show, <laughs> the funny thing about it is uh, they're like, okay, we've, we've gotten into where you can submit online now and, and request paperwork that you need and stuff. You go, great. Just follow this link. And it's clearly like a placeholder link because they did yeah. not ever do this before. So like, the portals are all wrong and the user experience is garbage, <laughs> but at least it's progress. Um, I am working on a project currently um, to make a steel jewelry box of sorts. Hmm. it's going to be fun. It's, it's a lot of just like small fabrication and minimal forging, but to achieve an overall look excited for it. And it is based on some products that I was sent by a nice company who reached out to me and sent me a bunch of very fancy pirate rings. Ooh, nice. (laughs) And it was a really interesting exchange in the emails where it's like, is this a sponsor thing or like, what's the deal? And like, well, <laughs> so it's this very minimal, like they're not asking for a lot. It was mostly just like, we think you would like our products. And I'm like, I don't really wear jewelry, but then I look at like this skull ring that they sent me. And I'm like, well, it's, it's <laughs> kind of cool. Um, and then we had a discussion about making a jewelry box for the, for the rings that they sent. So fun little project, nothing too crazy, but allows me to practice some things that I've seen. The forge doing, aka planishing over a raising stake and dishing out and all of those things. Nice. I well, do I not wonder have a with lot your, of... uh, with your, your your dome and your dish, Brett, whether you were going into like copper copper ladle manufacturing. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna <clears throat> I'm still planning on hundred percent stealing their idea and trying to uh, market them in the States before they get in over here. Um, but yeah, did not realize that um, planishing cold steel on a mild steel raising stake. It's fine, but it definitely doesn't work as well as if it was like tool steel or doing it hot, which I don't, I can't really yeah. do that because it would be easier with an oxyacetylene torch, all these other things. But again, it's just practice. 
it's it's learning some things and it is 100 100% inspired by watching what you guys have been doing on the forge channel like i really just became fascinated by the dishing and curving of steel and and the copper obviously but um it's given me an opportunity to kind of learn and practice some new things good golly it's much like everything that you guys do you go i think i could do something like that and realize <laughs> how damn difficult and also even if you can achieve the i don't know even if you can achieve the form the aesthetic is not up to snuff you know or like the yeah. final look of it is just like how did they make it look like that yeah so I, it's a reminder of why you guys are as talented and why why i respect alex as much as i do for the work quality <laughs> just not me and joe uh, I said that was the first part that I said. I respect what you guys do, and specifically Alex. Yeah, Fuck, I know. It's, just, it's just funny, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things. Though, is it? It's that's what I love about the stuff that we do. Is it's so difficult to make something look simple and look easy um, with those kind of techniques. And I like there's there's that whole thing of like. If, if you do um, whatever you do, if you do it as as simple and as clean as possible, it's actually far more difficult than if you have all those fancy little accoutrements. Like it, like doing a uh, a business card, for example. Like it's really easy to do one that's got all the bells and whistles and all this, but you try and do a really simple one, really nice and and done well. That's when it becomes more difficult. Um, yeah, sorry, that was just my little two cents on that. No, all good. Um, I, I think other than that, it's just um, there's a few projects hopefully coming up soon. If I can get this whole power situation sorted out, which, which really at this point, like I just need somebody to tell me either how much it's going to cost or give me like a date. If I yeah. could have either of those things, I would feel so much better about how things are going uh considering that everything's still locked down but i was told by the lady that like well what better time because no one is is you know getting property with no utilities in it because everyone's trying to escape the <laughs> cities and stuff so the, the housing market's doing relatively well because people want to get the hell out of the cities but no one's yeah. really bugging the building commissions and it's a good time so we'll we'll see if all this lines up um going forward and then hopefully more like fossil fossil projects concepting in the very near future i want to get out and start working on some some mounts and some cool things for that that big long-running fossil project nice that's it the the uh yeah the the stuff in your stories um with all the fossil like bits in it look fucking amazing that place <laughs> looks insane dude the guy is he's he's just a good guy and i hope that the the relationship develops more where i can maybe maybe he's either comfortable talking about it or telling a little bit more of his story super interesting guy um there's, there's a lot that could happen just out of that thing alone um but it's it's kind of slow going right now because he's just far enough away where it's not really convenient to drive out there mm, every yeah. other day because my truck eats gas. <laughs> anyway, all right, go on to uh, Al. Al. 
Um, so you're here. I have been building a, a fire pit. Um, it was for uh, a colleague at work. Uh, was just kind of like, I want a fire pit, but they're all sold out. Can you make me one? I was like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, it was a very loose kind of uh, Pinterest-esque brief. Um, yeah. To which I kind of replied, well, they tend to be either pressed or spun or cast, these kind of uh, steel fire pits um, or cast iron. Um, three things that I can't do in the shack. Um, so I instead suggested that we do a segmented thing, like a hexa, yeah. hexadecagonal dome, um, <laughs> which in my head was like, oh, it's easy. I'll just cut it, uh, work out the angles, do a bit of my last, you know, last, last project was physics. This one was all about maths. Um, and just weld it all up. And it was like by the time I've cut each of these segments out and then like ground each of the four sides and welded each of the sides, it's yeah. like I've gone through so much consumables in terms of like cutting discs and welding rods <laughs> and lungs and nostrils yeah. and lungs. arm skin. Um, but it's, it's all finished up now. Um, I'm literally just gonna, um, heat treat it and kind of like oil it just to give it a bit of um bit of preservation but he he, the, yeah. he he kind of wants it to patina over time and get a bit rusty out in the garden so um i'm not going to go crazy i'm just going to blacken it and then let, let kind of nature take its course um so that's done and then a bit of fun on the edit um it's probably going to be quite a short video because it's just lots of the same thing over and over again uh, yeah. there's not any like real crazy techniques other than the kind of the sketching and the the welding and the grinding, um, so that the the video is going to be a bit more fun than it is educational nice. for a change for my channel. Oh, yeah, also nice. <laughs> That's me. Cool, good deal. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's very similar to um, I was speaking to you about it uh, when you were doing it, and I couldn't remember the name of the company, and I've just tried to Google them, um, and I'm pretty the sure complicated underpriced fire pit company. Yeah, yeah. It's it's because they're, they're based on the uh, the Indian fireballs, the Cardis. That's what it is. Yeah, it's a Cardi. Yeah, and um, which yeah, I the think ones... I think they're riveted though because I saw a lot of those. Yes. Things... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's the thing is like that I can't find the company that I'm trying to find, um, but they go to a lot of shows and a lot of theirs are uh, riveted together. But they're riveted. They're made out in um, India and they like mass ship them over. Yeah, and some of those they're. They're a bit rough and ready, but yeah. like that adds to the the kind of beauty of them. They're fucking insane because you can really see how they've been made. Well, this um, this 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 was kind of the thing. So he, he kind of said he wanted it a bit rustic, but then the images he sent me, like some of them were like super clean, like engineered, yeah. like high precision stuff. And I was like, so I want to be somewhere in between. So it's all the edges are like fine, but yeah. I've textured the steel so it, it kind of looks handmade. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. not. Um, I didn't want to go as far as the caddies where they really look like they've been made yeah, you know, yeah. by hand, like without any <laughs> electronics or anything, just like yeah. pure um, forged. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's middle ground. It's like, you know, the, the handles are nice and clean, but then the feet are ornate. So it's, yeah. it's somewhere in between. Nice. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. I will be, be looking forward to that, yes. Uh, it's, it's a fucking tank as well. It's five mil plate steel. <laughs> <laughs> it, weigh, it probably yeah. weighs about... 50 kilos um yeah. but it's going nowhere 
Like yeah. I can get I can get in it and jump up and down in it and it doesn't move an inch. Yeah, that, that's not gonna blow away in the next storm. How big is it? It's about three feet wide. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. that's exciting. I'm gonna, <laughs> that's gonna be super fun to see. Oh, that's good. Cool. Uh I I I I I don't know what I've been up to. Um I've, it's, All right, you, move on. <laughs> you, you know you have those weeks where it's fucking it's so busy that by the end of it you're like i don't know what i've done i don't know whether that was last week or last month um but mostly it's just been work stuff uh we had um the new guy charlie uh he's been in um doing some work uh that was really good he is super talented for someone of his age um so that was a, a pleasant surprise um but yeah mostly it's it's just been kind of worky stuff um we tried because we've got a, a lot on at the moment we're trying to play catch up with um like the orders for the coffee scoops and things like that um we basically we're trying to become as efficient as possible with making stock because we just we simply don't have enough time to be able to make the stock that is being ordered um so we tried out a, a couple of different things, plus the fact that the next couple of weeks we're doing, um, or Joe and Al are full-time doing axe making because we've got a, a, an order for 100 axes. Because um, they're too busy blowing up the concrete floor? Yeah, fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so like because they're doing these uh, this run of 100 axes, like the next couple of weeks they're just going to be completely zoned in on that. So we're trying to get stock built up before um that uh so yeah we we like i said we've just been kind of trying to find efficiencies and, and all of this um i also because i've been like, constantly doing stuff i've completely lost the ability to maintain a train of thought so that's why i'm talking now because i'm trying to remember what the fuck i was talking about at the beginning of this sentence um <laughs> uh, doing great so far but that's right um yeah, so we've been trying to find efficiencies and all that sort of shit um, and making lots of things, taking over, more again, more of the copper stuff, more of the stainless stuff. Um, I'm taking on as much of the work that Joe's been doing as possible so that he's able to concentrate more on the axes. Um, and because of all this, so because we've been so fucking manic, um, we tried cutting down the time it takes to film and edit the films. So Monday, me and Al filmed in the morning and then in the afternoon joe came in and we filmed in the afternoon um and got all the filming done uh there's some fucking wonderful stuff there but then i didn't get the chance to sit down and edit it until uh late friday afternoon um and even just like transferring the files over was taking like a few hours so basically i didn't actually get the edit started properly until saturday morning um and then was up till half one saturday night and then up again early sunday morning to try and get it all done and by about half six sunday night just went you know what this is going to take an hour to export just as it is before i even bother applying any color correction like this is not this is not happening this this weekend um so we took the decision to kind of uh delay the the video um Mm -hmm. Which is fine because we've basically said, like with the YouTube stuff, we knew that we were going to try and do as much as possible in a short time um, when we were first starting. But now it's 
essentially it doesn't make us money and we need to prioritize the making stock and, and doing the things that are making money and um, mm -hmm. we still want to try and do it as often as possible but it's just kind of that taking a bit of a step back and and cracking on with the work that needs doing yeah. um but one of the good things about the video which is uh i probably say what it's going to be because we're making so many axes we're doing an axe making video so it's gonna be the first one and we're going to do a series of them over time um but we figured we might as well start with the hudson bay considering it's like it's our beginner's axe it's the first one that we teach and, and all of that um so we filmed that um but because um, because I already put out the video making one with you, you don't need to. You realize that? Yeah, I know, man. I'm sorry. Um, but, <laughs> Dick. but because uh, we, we're doing this whole thing where, you know, we're not just showing making something, we're showing like why we make it, why we use it, and, and all of that. Um, so we've got Joe lighting a fire uh, by like splitting up a load of logs um, and using a flint and steel and lighting it all like that. So it's, it's, it's really, really nice. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one being finished and done and out. Um, but because of that, uh, I knew I was going to be doing some filming outside. Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you saw the skewer video, but filming outside with my camera was a fucking nightmare. Uh, mostly because <laughs> I didn't have uh, any ND filters on it. Um, so for those of you who don't know anything about um, filters for cameras, an ND filter is basically just a pair of sunglasses for your camera. So it means I can still have a nice, um, good depth of field. I can still get lots of information in, but I'm not getting completely washed out um, footage and losing all that nice definition. Um, so I was like, right, okay, I need to get one. I'm going to order one on Amazon. I've been looking at these ones from Go for ages. Right, I'm going to go buy it. So I bought it, and it's the first time in a long time that I've opened a package from Amazon or from wherever, and the actual packaging that the product has been in i've gone fuck this is really nice and it was super simple um packaging again going back to what we were saying earlier on about like things being done simply but done well it was on recycled card it was um nicely labeled there was inside it there was a little like fold out um envelope thing that told you about the fact that every filter you buy they give they plant um x amount of trees for um and all of this but it was just it was so beautifully put together and made and even like the filter came in rather than just being in a a shitty plastic um like flip case it was a little tin um like screw top tin hmm. um and just these little touches that made me go actually i'm really glad i paid the extra 10 quid to get that one and not the other x brand variable nd filter because it just made the product feel better um, I think especially, like, especially something like a filter where you you're probably going to be taking it off yeah. and putting it back on. Yeah. You know, it's not something that's on all the time so you do need something to store it in. Yeah. So exactly. it being a nice a nice packaging is is a really smart idea. Yeah. It's not it's not like for the sake of it like overpackaged fucking boxer shorts. <laughs> <laughs> like, once you remove them it's going in the bin. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it, it was just really nice to have to it it sounds stupid but they probably spent like that packaging probably cost pence more than um, than if they'd just gone like the standard route of packaging, but the added value to it was immense. Like for me, like it 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 made it feel more worthwhile. Um, and I think like again within the community, like you you see that sort of thing being done. You see 
some people will just send you a thing and it just comes in a jiffy bag and no like not even a note in it or something like that some people will send like a personal message with each note um i know uh um a glimpse inside chris from a glimpse inside um his uh his wife um whenever he sends anything out she sends out oh, like they they do up the envelope and it's got lots of like collage stuff on it and each mm. one's different and it's fucking beautiful and mm. brett the um uh the patreon stuff with the stamp seal and al the fact that everything that i've ever received from you has had green spray paint all fucking <laughs> over it uh, <laughs> i can't remember what it was last time I, I got something from you but i remember the postman saying i've got green all over my hands from yeah. this sorry my my my, my local post office hates me. <laughs> if it's not if it's not the fumes of the fucking uh, Montana, it's the little chips of green paint everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um But yeah, so like like I say, I I really appreciate appreciated the fact that it was it was packaged nicely. I mean, it's something that we try and do with the the products with um, from the Forge. Like we're trying to refine the packaging as much as possible at the moment. It. At the moment, it is just a case of we've got a load of different size cardboard boxes um, for that, but it's something that we really want to improve on. So we've got the the wax paper that everything's being wrapped in, but we're thinking, well, is it worth getting some branded wax paper so it's got you know, mm, the, yes. the logo yes. printed on it? Or yes, whatever. 100%. <laughs> absolutely, yes. We started doing that at the silk screen shop. Yeah. We would, we would make, you know, mosaic repeat, repeatable patterns, and yeah. we would get craft paper, you know, like the wax craft paper, which is relatively cheap. Yeah. And we started producing it for some of our other, or for some of our uh, more, uh, oh my God, our more frequent clients, right? Mm-hmm. We started saying, you know, how about we try this packaging stuff? Yeah. And you just, it's so cool. We would set it up on a roll and then you like pull a little out and then slam the silk screen into nice. a feed and like yeah. quick dry it. And the amount of quality wrapping paper that we made that that it's gonna get tossed in the bin more than likely, or yeah. maybe somebody you know cuts a little piece out of it just to save it. but oh man, talk about stepping your game up a little bit just from yeah. it already looks nice if you, if you do a really good job with like brown craft paper, you can really make a box look nice. It looks yeah. like an old parcel, you know, wrap it in some string. Yeah. But the I minute mean, you put your logo branded all over it, man, yeah. it <laughs> but, is beautiful. I mean, because you've got like the the um, razor that uh, Jimmy's made where it's got the poster the, um, with the wrong word in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but If you weren't going to say it, I was going to. <laughs> uh, he's got the poster like as part of the packaging, which is really cool. But then you look at someone like uh florentine kitchen knives which i mean jeff talks about um toma constantly but the fact that the paper that the knife is wrapped in contains the care instructions for the knife mm-hmm. that's printed on the wax paper saying like you know do this don't do that do this. and i think like that that's fucking beautiful i mean like i i, I think we're we're probably all in agreement like the fact that putting that little bit of extra effort and extra work into something just increases the value of the product so much. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously out like it's, I know you, you've designed packaging and, and stuff um, as part of your job. So I'm, yeah. I'm sure you've got some shit to say on this. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm literally working on a project now for some, like a um, literally like a subscription. Yeah, literally a subscription like delivery model. Mm. So and and try to sort of stress the importance of not necessarily the quality of the packaging. So like you said, Brett, like just brown paper, craft yeah. paper is nice, but yeah. it can it can give you an emotive feel. It suddenly transports yeah. you to oh, it's an olden time. It's like an old package. It's like something from the butchers. It's like wrapped up with you know string, and it feels like this nice, like somebody's cared about it. Yeah. Um, but it's that emotional connection, and it's also the ritual as well. So. We always use the example of Apple packaging. It's like, for what other, like, you know, disposable consumer electronics do you keep the box? Yeah. And everybody yeah. has the Apple Apple uh, iPhone box at home. Everybody keeps it because it's got, it's, it's specifically engineered to have a certain amount of air release from between the gaps. So it slowly mm -hmm. opens. It's about anticipation. Yeah. So already when you're just open, it's doing the simple act of opening a box, it's teasing you. The actual physics of the box is teasing you. Um, and then to your point, Steve, about you know having the care instructions in and, and that that journey of opening some, something as simple as opening a box. I mean, there's fucking videos on YouTube, millions and millions of views of people just opening fucking boxes. Yeah, you know, it's it's a there's something in our nature that makes us really excited about packaging. Um, I mean, there's huge conversations about sustainability and excess and is it you know is it um over the top is it worth it should my fucking nd filter come in a, a, a even more packaging than is required yeah, yeah. I, I got i got the cheap amazon not nd filters but just the the glass yeah. filters just yeah. like uv filters but in inverted commas because you don't need yeah. uv filters for digital cameras <laughs> um lens protectors lens protectors oh um, thank you um and they were like five quid. I just literally yeah. wanted some glass that I knew I was yeah. going to cover in angle grinder sparks. Yeah. Um, and they came in, and I didn't get the nice ones of the brand that you're talking about, Steve, because I saw them on Amazon, and I thought, yeah. they look super nice. That packaging looks super nice, but it was like 11 bucks instead of yeah. five bucks. Yeah. So I got the Amazon ones, and then they came in this, like, over-engineered, over-the-top plastic fucking case. It's like, I'm never taking these off the lens again yeah. until it smashes. Yeah. It's never going back in a box. I'm not keeping this safe, keep it secret somewhere. Yeah. You know, the whole point of them is that you can add more. It's a disposable, I add a, yeah. It, it, so this this clunky, like, really heavy, like, mass, more more packaging than the actual product was. That's one thing that really grinds my gears is when the thing it comes in is bulkier, heavier, and has more materials than the actual thing inside. I'm like, oh, this is just so excessive. Um, and it was the exact opposite. It was like, I don't need this packaging. I don't want this packaging. All I want is this to arrive on my doorstep and not be broken. You know, yeah. you could do that with you could do that with cardboard. You know, you could you could engineer yeah. some 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 shock resistance in some cardboard if you want to mm -hmm. ship glass. Mm -hmm. Um so I think I think there's a fine line to tread, and I think you can overdo it with with packaging and, and extra tags and stuff. It's just like I, I don't need all these tags on my socks. I'm just I just want to put them on. <laughs> Like, yeah. why is there so many labels and stickers and all this shit on it? It's like, it it, it serves a purpose when it's, when it's taking you on a journey and it's a little story and it's a little ritual and it's something you do. Like, you know, the, the lovely sound of a really nice car door. It's like, it makes the experience nice. Yeah. Um, and it's the, it's the same with packaging. It's the same with ripping something open. You know, I, I love 
um, the little tear thing on Amazon packages. Yeah. Where it's got the little zip, the little cardboard, like zip typo thing. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm breaking the seal. Yeah. And I, I, I fucking love that. Like that, um, that being able to access something or get into something and it feel like it, it feels like that's been thought about. Like I, I am 100% guilty of this. Um, but I fucking hate getting a package and it's just wrapped in packing tape. <laughs> like, it's, you just look at it going, oh, for fuck's yeah. sakes, I don't even know uh, where to start with this. And Stop like, ordering things from Tony Montana. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I mean, we, we do it with the packaging um, from uh, from the workshop. Like a lot of our stuff, granted the stuff that's going in boxes now is not so bad, but um, just due to the nature of um, a, a lot of the things that we sell, we have to just wrap the shit out of them in in packing tape just to make sure that they don't um break out of the cardboard like it, it's it's worth it because that is serving a function but when you just send unless it like unless i'm sending something to my brother and i just want to annoy the shit out of him i'm not going to completely seal something in packing tape unless it's absolutely necessary yeah um but and i think like, quite too many people kind of do that the the the, 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 the iPhone example and like a lot of Apple packaging, people get like hard-ons about it and it, it is yeah. good. And I'm not I'm not even talking about the graphic design of it. Like the outside is, you know, aesthetically yeah. nice the, the way Apple package that stuff. Um, electronics are pretty good at it and, and it's got better and better and there's a lot of added value and people think things feel more premium now. Um, I remember working on some, some camera packaging for, for Nikon and it was the same. It was all about the getting to the thing that you need the most. So it's like, here's the battery, you know, here's the cable, here's what I want to get started. If I want to read the manual, it's underneath. You know, I don't want to be cluttering up the box with all these yeah. ugly, like, CD drivers and, like, <laughs> warranty things. It's like, that's yeah. all the, like, the boring admin stuff. When I open the box, I want this to be this, like, hero moment. I want, I want that to be the first thing I see. Maybe yeah. there's some information or some inspiration in there. Um, and it, in just having having the... The, the the right things in the right place as well when you open it up I think it's just is is super nice um, yeah. and the I've lost my train of thought yeah <laughs> you did a me I did a Steve yeah um, so all right so we're we're talking about the fact that um yeah you, know, you want to be able to see that thing when you're open, like when we at, at the workshop when we when we blah 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 blah, blah. Um, when someone buys um an axe from us at a show or, or anything like that, or even if they come to the workshop and pick it up, we have these axe boxes that we've got made up. They've got uh, like the logo and stuff embossed on the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically it's just a, a card box. Uh, Cause it's not cardboard. It's just card um, filled with wood wool. And then the, the axe laid perfectly in the middle and then the wood wool on top so that you, and it's got the axe booklet and everything else in there with it. So you, yeah. You open it up, and let's like say it's that fucking hero moment of you open it up, you take out this big chunk of wood wall, and it's just there, and it looks <laughs> fucking glorious. I remember where I was going. So electronics are getting better at it, and there's some really nice experiences with electronics and lots of like things that do make you want to keep the box and lots of helpful, useful yeah. things in the packaging. So like, oh, that opens really clever, or it's the, the paper engineering is done in a really clever way where it just uses like one sheet of paper. Yeah of card to fold up and it's really smart and like crash lock bases and stuff yeah um the one thing that is massively lagging behind is tool packaging um, <laughs> yeah 
it's like so fucking outdated. It's so nineties. Like, and again, I'm not even going to talk about the graphic design. Um, and yeah, the, the, yeah, the, yeah. it's just so bad. It's so over the top. It's so uh, Microsoft iPod. It's like, how many things can we cram on the front? Yeah. Yet we're still using the same shitty, like injection molded cases that Ugh. don't lock properly. You can't use them. You can't even put the cables back in. Like, I've never obviously like stretched to be able to afford anything like Festool, so I yeah. don't know if that if that experience is any different. Um, but I do remember buying like a, a Weera, Weera, like yeah. single screwdriver once, thinking, <laughs> "Fuck me, this is nice packaging for tool packaging." Yeah, yeah you put that next to like the Silver Line branded shit or like Draper, <laughs> and it's just like so generic, like trade yeah. or. People who buy trade aren't real people, so they don't need an emotional connection to anything. They don't need any experience. They don't need any um, yeah. opening rituals. They just want things in a fucking blister pack. Yeah. Um, and it's like, no, make every, make make it all nice. Make it all worthwhile. If you're going to put all this plastic and card into something, at least make it a nice experience or make it useful. I'm yeah. just going to rip it open, tear it open, chuck it away. You know, it's fucking, what's the point? Yeah. I mean, because going back to the, the festival stuff, like, again, I, I, I can't fucking afford that shit. I don't need it. It's woodworking stuff anyway. Um, but like, I know that a lot of their packaging or all of their packaging for all their tools, it all locks together. So you can put it on top and it, and it just instantly clicks together and you can, so you can stack it all up and, and do all that. And I know that quite a lot of people buy their boxes because they're, they're worth yeah. it. Like they're, yeah. they're actually good, solid things. They're useful bits of kit. So they're not, they might not necessarily um, be, aesthetically outstanding but they're functional as fuck whereas i have got so many like injection molded um boxes yeah (laughs) that are just kicking around that that don't stack up they they're all fucking different sizes they don't even like lay on top of each other nicely or they you know you can't stand them on their end or on their side (laughs) because they fucking fall over like so they they've got to be laid laid flat which means that they're all fucking over and it's oh it's fucking horrible um but like you say, it's because they don't even put any thought into it. It's just like uh, they're buying the tool, not the packaging. But if they put a little bit more effort into the packaging, then people would be more inclined to go, actually, I'm going to get a DeWalt uh, kit because I know that all the the, um, the boxes and the packaging and everything will all stack together nicely rather than it just being, like I say, just random-sized plastic boxes that you're – going to kick around the workshop and get fucked what, off what worries me is like the the there's a there's a hint of intent there you know they've 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 put in a little carry bag with this um what's the fucking orange brand macro uh, uh uh rigid that's it. rigid no is it rigid rigid, rigid. Is orange there's the other orange as well uh yeah. the shit cheap like sanders yeah black and decker anyway. um yeah they've, black and chuck- decker We've chucked in Black and Decker. We've chucked in this little carry bag for the orbital sander because we care about you and we want you to carry your orbital sander when you go to the job site. So we, we've yeah. thought about it. Yeah. It doesn't fit in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so you, you've gone the effort. Like you know there's a need for something and you've, you've, you've added value to the interaction and, and you know, there's, there's a hint of you giving a fuck, but it doesn't work. Yeah. It was pointless, and all they've done is 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 made the, the experience even more frustrating because it doesn't fit. So now I think it's shit. Yeah, you've de- you've devalued the thing that I bought off you 
because you were trying to add value, but it didn't work. So it's it's like it, it, it's it's not all through like just penny pinching. Yeah, I think there's just a massive misunderstanding of why packaging is important. Yeah, well, I think it's important for people that have backgrounds in uh, industrial design or product design may understand this stuff better than like the average average consumer. But right now we're, we're going to be dealing with trends going forward with a lot of sustainable packaging. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm starting to see some, some pretty well executed stuff using mm. either uh, recycled materials or clearly uh, almost like the craft paper thing we were talking about. Yeah. Like you're yeah. you're going to toss this away. But at least we didn't make it out of plastic. So even if you, yeah. you know, chuck it in the fire to burn it, it's paper rather than you know something non-biodegradable. It's just going to end up in a landfill. Um, I think I think it's going to spark some new creativity or some new um, designers are going to have to get into the mix because yeah. when Al brought up the packaging of, of tool packaging, that's. It's it's like that and beauty products kill me <laughs> because <laughs> because of my background, like I constantly am looking at, you know, signage or font usage. I saw a fucking restaurant on a drive the other day who was using the Disney font for the restaurant nice. logo, which was yeah. like a Thai food restaurant. You know, like, <laughs> why would you do that? Um, yeah. But I, I can't get over the amount of font usage and mix and match like this one's got to be bold italicized something but right underneath it we're going to use cursive serif right but on the back side of it we need to pull their attention for the warning label so it needs to be this and because there's no there's no respect for anything anymore because you're not paying for the for the metal type yeah you know the the the, the limitations of a printers was was you know the 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 amount of typefaces used impacted the cost because they had to yeah. physically have those fucking fonts in those yes. sizes in order to print your thing. Whereas now it's just like digital. I'll have as many typefaces as I want on it, as many colors as I want. I mean, it's only now that they're actually saying, you know, ink coverage is affecting recyclability, so you you have to limit the amount of um, print finishes you have on things. Yeah, yeah. getting rid of foils, getting rid of metallics, getting rid of varnishes. Um, like the the craft paper thing, yeah, it looks nice. It's also way better for the environment. You've got less ink. Yeah. It's easier to recycle. You don't have any laminates, so it's it, you know the, the the paper pulp just goes straight back into the closed loop. Um, yeah. It's a huge conversation at the moment in 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 the industry, and everybody has to get on board. So like in the UK, mm. the the all the supermarkets have to completely rethink their packaging. Like it's great for us. We've got an absolute like hell of a time because yeah. everybody's redesigning everything, but. It, like you say, Brett, it, it means everybody now has to think about it. Well, yeah, and and that totally goes that goes all the way down, right? It's yeah. it's the trickle down effect in in some way where these companies are going to start thinking about it, and then it's going to have an impact on us or yeah. or like your general hobbyist maker or even you know self employed professional trying to make stuff. If the market is speaking. Sorry, not even the market. If if the people in charge and the multi-billion-dollar companies and stuff are having to follow suit and and redesign and sort out their packaging, it's going to end up having an impact on us. Now, you might have some people that go, "Oh, well, now no one's buying that stuff, so there's a market for it. And I can get it for really cheap. I can get all the varnishes and foils that I want." Like I love foils. 
I love hot stamp foiled stuff on business yeah. cards and things. Mm. I think it looks beautiful, but do I want to follow that impact trend and go, well, you know, honestly, like a bit of craft paper with a stamp on it looks real nice. But it, it's, it's where it's warranted. It's like Steve says, like done right, simple little business card, super elegant, and yeah. you get multi James to like hot foil it. <laughs> well, we've already <laughs> been, I was we've already been, I've chatted with him about it because ever since he got the hot foil thing, I was like, okay, I haven't gotten business cards because I haven't really had the need. And it's not like I need them right now because I'm not going to events every day <laughs> to shake yeah. hands with people. But, um, everything from the business card to the packaging that I attempt to do for anything that I, that I sell or get rid of, like this consistency is very important or the materials are very important. I got a bunch of those little linen bags that they sell by the mm -hmm. hundred on mm -hmm. Amazon. So they are cheap and I don't really expect people to hold on to them. But when I was selling the jewelry, when I, when I got rid of that first round of the jewelry stuff, Every single one just went in its own little linen bag. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I stamped each bag with my little ink stamp of my logo. It's not a huge upgrade in the packaging, but it made me feel better to know that it wasn't yeah. coming from Amazon. I drop it inside and then send it right back out. Right. Yeah. It was like, I actually cared about the experience and I appreciated mm -hmm. that people were buying them. So how do I show that? Yeah. I, I I don't want to dive back into this, but there is something to be said about those of us that produce or sell things, having multifunction to the packaging or being able to reuse that stuff. I would yeah. love to see more thought put into, like you brought up the tool bag. I have four or five Ryobi bags or, or job bags and things like that. They do not carry tools. They carry like sketchbooks or clothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I mean that 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 kind of segues beautifully into uh, the the question that I want to ask you guys because, like like you said, Brett, like there's so many people out there that are making small items or even large items and 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 delivering stuff off. Um, I think the like one of the things I was actually going to mention is I bought a, a rubber stamp, like one of those ink stamps, and it just meant that every time I was sending a letter, I just bank on the outside of the letter. If I was writing a, a note on the inside, stamp on there. Um, now, when I'm uh, sending stuff out, normally I will send out a just a little key ring with my touch mark stamped into it. Um, mm. Like, just add those little extra touches in. Um, and I was wondering if you guys had any, like, if you could offer one, two, three, like, really simple suggestions for people to just kind of up their game, like get a rubber stamp or um or a touch stamp or a um like one of the branding eyes like look watch laura's fucking video on making a branding iron and make your own branding iron so that you can you can just add that little bit of extra even if it is just a bit of scrap wood with your logo burnt onto it sort of thing like so I'd, I'd, I'd think about what what the relevance is to you so like brett wax seal yeah you know it's a no-brainer it, it, it fits the aesthetic. Um, it's the right level of kind of detail and craft and and effort as well. Yeah. You know, I've gotten letters off you, Steve, where you've gone rubber stamp happy. Because <laughs> 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 you obviously just love doing it. Yeah. Um, but if, if it was legitimately your business, I would say 
go with a fucking brand because yeah. you're a blacksmith and things are hot. Go with a um, a touch mark where yeah. you just emboss, blind emboss the paper or something. Yeah. So it's subtle and you don't actually see it. Yeah. You know, you get you have a beautiful thick bit of card packaging and it's just you 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 just hit it with the touch mark. So it actually represents the metal. So yeah. I think if, if anyone out there going, Oh, what would be great for me, you know, like Brett, think about the little the little linen bags or something that's actually reflective of what you do. Yeah. Um because then it add, then it adds to it. If it's just if if you're just choosing things randomly, it's unnecessary yeah. and it's a, yeah. it's extra packaging for the sake of it. But if it's adding to your story, you know what is like me spreading green paint around the world is the point. Like that's the point. <laughs> it's a metaphor. You know, it's yeah. like <laughs> well, I, I think people have a hard time with consistency branding consistency yeah. right like yeah. once you establish an aesthetic when you're working for a company or for a client at least in the design world and al vouch for me disagree like feel free to impart on this but everything that i was taught or everything that i did for work was um like you had you had brand standards or like a brand outline right so People nowadays will use something like a Pinterest board and go, well, we're keeping within this aesthetic, right? Or they'll they'll create a series of images that are like these colors, these shapes, these whatever. So you have guidelines. Yeah. And then you, as long as it fits within those guidelines, you never really have to spend the extra time thinking about it. So for me, it was like, yes, sustainable packaging or reusable packaging or keep it simple, stamp on the front, you know, mm-hmm. not none of my stuff that I've sent out has digital graphics on it and 15 different fonts. Like I wish I was better at writing because I would love to like calligraphically handle every letter that I send out, you know? Um, But in my mind, I have guidelines or, or an outline, you know, it was established with my friend who helped me do my branding and, and establish the whole skull and spade thing 45 years ago. Um, she handed me a sheet of paper that was like, here's what you do, or here's colors that you can use or fonts yeah. that you can use. That's why if you watch any of my videos that have text on screen, it's one of two fonts. It's either yeah. eloquent, which is what X what X's subtitles are eloquent. Yeah. And that is also the skull and spade word. If you ever see skull and spade as a word yeah. in text it or in image, it's elo- it's this eloquent font. And Scully speaks in Helvetica because it was just easy to, you know, get text on the screen and have it be quickly understood. Um, I... <laughs> I try and keep it simplistic enough and not deviate from my guidelines, but establishing those guidelines when you either work for yourself or trying to create your own brand is difficult. When I was working with Christy on uh, the Twisted Twine logo rework like a month or two ago, um, the story that went into that was super important. It was all about how her family had this barn. It was a lot of this red painted barn wood and this twine or this, this kind of farm twine that they used to tie everything up with. So in my mind, yeah. it was like, your guidelines are, you know, rustic aesthetics, these two or three colors, try not to go too bold on this. And her handwriting is beautiful mm. and it's cursive, which has 
you know, harks back to the ropey look of everything. So it's like handwrite everything, you know, use your own handwriting to do any text you need to put anywhere. And it was, it was like four or five little starter guidelines of like, try, try to go with this stuff. <laughs> and it wasn't a long conversation. We didn't have like a branding outline page that I sent to her, but you establish a handful of rules. You kind of work within those rules and then you never have to, question or deviate too much and spend the time doing it and get frustrated over like <laughs> do i need a hot stamp metal or should it be wax or what if i do paper well i know duct tape could be fun it's like too many well, rules pe people, people are doing this already though like like if you think about the the actual things that people produce you know if i look if i look at a pair of jeans i kind of know that ellen made them probably because she made jeans but you know it um, simply ornate, like just looking at the aesthetic of things or yeah. Dave Gagne, like I know who's made these things because they're done in a style and they're done with, like you said, Brett, the guidelines in the head. Like I'm going to use these materials. I'm going to use this kind of finishing. I'm going to use this aesthetic. Um, Laura, like the kind of furniture she makes, like you kind of know that it's a Laura stuff, but then is that same amount of thought and effort going into things when they're being packaged? So like, if one day if Johnny Allen decides to give me a, a, a knife um, for free because he likes giving away Eight. free knives, um, <laughs> I love his knives and I love the thought that goes into it, but I don't know how he's shipping them, how he's packaging them. Mm. Brett, you went to the effort of making a box for the knife. It was for a video to show how you make boxes. It was super nice. But what it does is it makes me respect the knife. It makes me clean the knife properly. It makes me oil it. It makes me put it back every time. So the, yeah. the, the 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 packaging that came in is actually elevating the product. Yeah. Um, well, I think and, it's uh, important to have your audience. It, it's telling your audience to respect the thing I made, not in an yeah. egotistical way, but saying, no, 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 no. if you it's take care of this thing, that's exactly what it is. That's why, yeah. you know, when Steve brought up the, the care um, being printed on the packaging for Florentine, like, yeah. I think that's yeah. brilliant handling of it. You are yeah. giving people the instructions to respect the thing that they just spent money on. But I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Al, I totally cut you off on that. But I'm I'm very passionate about the idea that companies or ourselves could put enough thought into it to actually educate the person on the other end or or allow them to g gain respect or, but this, or this is the whole point. So, so, so makers and apologize for the swear word but artisanal craftsmen making things that aren't mass produced they're not yeah. made to be treated by plebs in the way that everything that comes out of a factory is you know things that are pressed and made of like fucking non-stick shit cheap material that is meant to be abused and doesn't need any respect and cost yeah. five quid that's the point that's why it's made that way because yeah. people aren't not meant to care about it you're meant to dispose of it throw it away you look after your cast iron pan for your entire life and treat it with respect, season it, dry it, put it away. It's going to last forever. Yeah. And, and that's the difference. It's like, that's why people put all this effort into making things. But like, wh when does that care stop? Yeah. And, I, and I think this, this whole story, I guess we're literally talking about physical packaging, but I think the, the whole package, the bigger picture kind of encapsulates all this care about, everything around the product as well, whether it's the branding, whether it's the care instructions, yeah. whether it's like a little handwritten note that you put in to say, 
this is how I made this, you know, this is the process that went into it. So yeah. it's all well and good being good at making things, but what's the story that you're telling around it as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like that's a, I can't remember exactly what it was that you said about it, but it was when you were talking about the, the fact that Brett had made the box as well. Like yeah. if you, uh, so yeah, if you've made something and it, it's beautiful and wonderful and, and you've put all this effort into making it and then you, cut up an old amazon box and fill it full of like random bits of paper and shit just to pack it in and then wrap it all in um packing tape so it doesn't go anywhere and and then put another layer on and then just oh there's a gap there i'll just cut another section of random box and stick that on the side like it it doesn't it it shows no care it's almost like saying i've made the thing i don't give a fuck now like, no, unless that you that is your intent. Well, yeah, yeah. Unless yeah. like you're a patchwork kind of dude, and yeah, it's yeah. all it's all very like found. But, Tim Sway. Tim Sway would send a box like that. Yeah, but I, I, he's he's going to put a little bit more kind of like I say he's not going to wrap the fucking thing in back to, like it 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 would be deliberately done like that. If it's deliberate and intentional, then yeah, that's that's fine. That's fair enough. Yeah, but, it would be like I put a hollow core door through a wood chipper, and that's what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> packing peanuts are on the inside, but 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 that's kind of what Peanut. I mean. Though it is, it's putting it's putting that thought and that effort into the packaging because it 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 shows that you you give a shit. It shows that even after it's left your house or left your door, like you you still care. So you know, it it makes the person that's receiving it feel like actually, if there was anything wrong with it, they've they've got the opportunity to be able to phone you up and say. Oh, you know, th- this wasn't quite right, and and it it it's providing that that extra level of service. Um, whereas if yeah, if if you receive something and it's it's in a beaten up cardboard box that looks like shit, and you open it up and it's it's fucked, you're not going to go back to the the person that you bought it from and say, oh, th- this is great, I re- I love it, but there's this slight defect. You're going to go back and go, this is shit, and you're going to tell everyone this this was shit. Don't buy from that guy because it was crap. Like y- 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 yeah. Well, that, that's what makes it a relationship as opposed to a transaction. Yes. Very important. I love that. Um, so how important do you guys think, based specifically on what we do or what we create and or sell, what about the storage aspect of it? Like, I'm, I'm stuck on the idea that these tool companies sell out or sell these tools and they give you an extra bag. They're like, oh, it comes with its own carrying case. And I don't know a single person that uses those. Now, the, there might be job site people that do, but the job site people I know have a very specific either job site box that all of those things go in or a better toolbox or, or tool carrier because no one yeah. wants to use the garbage one that came with the tools. So for the stuff that we make, you know, yeah, I wanted to make a little box for the knife. Half of that was because it was a shipping issue. I wanted to make sure that the knife, you know, made it yeah. over there and didn't get dinged up. But, like, I like the idea that if I give somebody a thing like a knife and not necessarily something like a piece of jewelry, I'm not going to send one of the necklaces out and go, and I and there's also an included, uh, like, necklace carrier or hook or something. I don't know. I don't know what could get added to that. But if I'm sending somebody a tool or the knife example is probably the best one. Like 
what kind of thought do you put into a thing that is either going to get reused a lot or mm-hmm. should have its own storage space because it either needs to be separated from stuff in the shop. Like a hammer doesn't necessarily need to live inside of its own box, <laughs> <laughs> but is there, are there things that you guys can think of that a product has done it very well where it's able to like the festival stuff, you know, whether or not you lo- want the plastic box that it comes in so that you can keep it very nice and safe because it's your one expensive tool and you don't want it to touch the dust in the shop unless it's being used. <laughs> like, what are products that exist out there where you go, oh my gosh, actually, I got this thing and the storage capabilities of the packaging are so nice that I use them on other things. Or I know this, that that Jess... Uh, uses old shoe boxes to hold clothing. They're like singular drawers <laughs> yeah. that if you fold a t-shirt up correctly, you can stack 20 t-shirts inside of a shoe box. And it, <laughs> they, it's a perfect fit. They're like that exact width and you can do this many shirts this way. Yeah. But yeah. it's a shoe box. It's not made I'm... for shirts, but now it's a shirt box. I shoe boxes is a great example because I've got fucking hundreds of shoe boxes and especially like work boot boxes. I think you have a shoe problem, Steve. <laughs> uh, like I, I use them constantly for just putting random shit in. And it's like everything that's every random bit of electronic crap that I've got goes in this shoe box. Every random bit of this goes in this shoe box. Um, but that's just because I hate throwing stuff away. Yeah, perfect example. I was in uh, the petrol station the other day, and um, they were they they've got um, like mints, like just mint sweets, um, but <laughs> those things. Uh, but they, I, I, I never buy mints. I, I don't give a shit about mints. Um, I normally have chewing gum instead. But these ones came in a little tin, um, and they had like some... an Altoids tin. Yeah, yeah. And they had really nice graphics on them and it was really nice. And they were reduced down to like 25p or something like that. (laughs) And I was like, fuck it, that's worth it just for the tin. And and yeah, so I've got this tin. Buy more. Um, But that that little tin. (laughs) That was like 20 seconds of nonsense. The internet gods are telling you to to wrap it up, Steve. I think that. That uh, little tin, fine. go on. That uh, yeah, that tin. little, that little tin uh, is is the main reason I bought it, and that's gonna end up in the workshop with like drill bits drill or bits, screws yeah. or bolts <laughs> or something in it. Like it, it's, in fact, saying that I've got um, an even bigger tin um, that was like I think a biscuit tin that has got all my granddad's old drill bits in it, nice. um, and that'll be kept for years. I mean, it's already hundreds of years old. Uh, Anything from you, Al, on that one? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a couple of things. One, Brett, the uh, drawing tablet you sent me. Yeah. So it packs away really nicely, and everything's in the right order that you need to use it. And it all kind of nests on top of one another, and it protects it. Like, everything else computer-wise is just kind of le- left out. And occasionally, if I don't need something, it'll get chucked in a drawer or chucked in a box in a cupboard. Whereas this just fits nicely back in the box. The box goes back together and it slots away. Um, so that's really nicely thought through and really well engineered. The other end of the spectrum is something super simple, something I never thought would need packaging, but is, is always like stuck in my head. And it was when I bought a suit for my grandmother's funeral 
and I got a tie. There's a beautiful shop in Amsterdam. I think it's called like the English Hatter. And it's like really old fashioned, like um, sort of English gentleman's clothing. And I bought a really nice tie and a really nice pocket square that goes with the tie. And they both came in this little like fabric pouch that folds up and like keeps them flat and stops them getting creased. And I've never experienced it before. And, and it, 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 it works perfectly. And like my, my, my pocket square, whenever I need to wear a suit, which is once every three years when someone dies or gets married, I've got this perfectly flat pocket square and this really nice tie that's like not crumpled up, not yeah. smushed up with the rest of my ties in the back of the wardrobe, <laughs> like wrapped around some coat hanger and all tied in knots. And it was just, it's just a simple, like almost like a really long wallet. If you imagine like a long wallet that opens up, yeah. you put in your tie cash and your handkerchief cash, and then you fold it up. And it's just so simple. And I, I, it's always stuck with me, something I didn't know existed, I never knew I wanted, but has been useful since the, since the day I got it. And it's it, it's like, it's not over-engineered. It's just really simply branded with like the shop. And it's just really like humble, basic materials. Yeah. That's awesome. Um. I think, though, that it's time to move on because unlike these people coming up, my internet is not spiffing. People like we think that are spiffing. Spa. Spa. I feel like we do spa a lot. No, we don't. Okay. We do it six uh, of the time. <laughs> do, do, do you work it out and count each one? Uh, right. I. Uh, that means it's me. Sorry. I. I am paying attention. I'm just uh, also typing his thing into the thingy so I can make sure I do it properly. Um. Uh. So earlier this week, one of the things I didn't talk about is the fact that Axe, no, Al, had an Axe turn up earlier this week, which was super exciting. Uh, axes, um, but it was from this guy uh, James Woods, not James Wood as in the high school. I have James Woods. <laughs> uh, James Wood, singular, just just one Wood. Um, yeah, he is a. a I think he's yeah James Wood, maker of things on Instagram. Um, makes a lot of axes, tools, other things, and they are all fucking beautiful um and it kind of ties in a little bit with what we were saying about um packaging and going the extra mile because uh if you have a look at um a lot of his axes they have uh just little bits of detail work on um that's just done like fullered in um and it it excels it from just being a nice looking axe to being this beautiful axe it's really well made but then has this extra flourish of creativity and of design and of gorgeousness um, done into it. And I think it's something that's, mm -hmm. it, it's a really simple, simply done thing that is again, going back to what we were saying at the beginning, it's, it's very simply done, but it's really difficult to pull off well. And it looks fucking gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, uh, I think James is spiffing. Very, uh, very well done. Thank you very much. Brett, what about you? Right. So I have to admit that I Google searched this before 
because <laughs> I knew who I wanted to spiff, but I didn't realize that my my old work buddy, um, we, we used to meet at motion graphics and design events on the regular when I was working at my old job. His name is Chris Doe, C-H-R-I-S-D-O. He's a very successful designer, uh, product design, graphic design, like the whole shebang. Um, did very well for himself. Started a YouTube channel a while back. Didn't even know about it. Almost has a million subscribers. <laughs> so nice. um, what Chris started doing uh, when I left my old job, we were we had met at an event and he was telling me that he had wanted to do more online stuff. He had mentioned YouTube. So I'm glad he went that direction. But he was getting really tired of um, just the education of the masses, what we were talking about, where it's like people may not even be aware that this packaging is terrible or it's not sustainable or it may be beautiful packaging, but there wasn't a lot of thought put into what you do with it afterwards. Chris took it upon himself to start putting up uh, classes or, or little educational videos before the YouTube thing where he just thought the information should be more available, whether or not you are a designer or somebody that just wants to understand, you know, why is this considered good design or sure. why is, why does a graphic designer, a freelance graphic designer cost X amount of dollars for the project? Like he works it all out. He's an entrepreneur. He is happy to share his stories as well as his knowledge. And he was a really, really genuinely nice guy to interact with in person and means well. He, he, yes, he's been very successful, but he doesn't have an ego about it. And he was always willing to sit down and share at these events. And he's kind of a grumpus too. Like he kind of <laughs> hates the system and wants people to be more empowered and all, and all the good things that we all want for each other. So I have to admit, I haven't watched all, any of the videos on the YouTube channel. I, I scrolled back and a couple of them are from the old project that he yeah. started when I was still working at the old job. So I know they're good and I'm sure they've gotten a lot better since way back then. Um, but if you are interested in design or pricing your products or if you're a creative type that just could use some background education without having to pay for a school, yeah. I think he is a solid resource. He was at least when I knew him a few years ago, and I'm sure it's only gotten better. So the channel itself is called The Future. The future. It's, with no it's e. future with no E. Um, but the person you're looking for specifically future. is Chris Doe. He's, yeah. he's a good I mean, guy. I, I was just looking at the, the, the videos look, and this is just going off thumbnails. So the packaging of the video, uh, hey. uh, and the, yeah, there's like a, a series on um, building a brand, and it, they, it looks fucking brilliant. This is a really, really good show. Um, he's he's a nice guy, and I'm I don't yeah. know why I haven't thought about him before. We've had enough talks about pricing your products and all these kind of things. Chris does kind of does it all, yeah. or has done it all in his past, and. Uh, yeah, he's a good dude. Typo typography tutorial as well. Um, oh, yeah, and he does motion graphics. I know there's got to be some tutorials in here with some like how to make good motion graphics and all kinds yeah. of stuff. Oh, no, look, there's an imposter syndrome expertise versus mastery five yeah. months ago. Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to be uh, giving this guy a, a lot of watch time uh, as soon as I get a chance. That's awesome. Good chat, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, Al, what about you? Uh, tenuous link, warning. Um, <laughs> is there any other kind? Talking about overpackaged things, uh, this is a double spiff, and it's a re-spiff. It's a classic uh, DSRS. Um I would like to spiff both Tyler Bell and yes. Emil Norlander, the practical engineer, because they yes. seem to be having some sort of fucking complicated off to create the world's most unnecessarily over-engineered complicated machines. Um, <laughs> Emil is making a bottle opener that's powered by a four-stroke engine. Um, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. That he's put like a liquid couple coupling between the the the, the rotor and the, the the actual tool itself, so it's powered yeah. by like turbines. It's so like over engineered. It's ridiculous, and he's built this like housing for it, and it's all like with a throttle and stuff. It's just it's fucking glorious, and I don't really know what Tyler's making, but it looks like some sort of dish washing machine with a, a robotic arm that wipes plates. And it, they both look terrifying. They both look like they could kill you like in an instant. Um, yeah. But they're all like hilarious and over the top and beautifully engineered. And it's just like unnecessary packaging, and I fucking love it. Yeah. Just quickly for anyone that doesn't know who Emil, the practical engineer, is, <laughs> you almost certainly will have seen the gif of someone working at their um, workbench and then using their mouth to dispense Oreos straight into their mouth. Correct. Emil is the guy that, that made that. And he's unapologetically Dutch. Like, his videos, <laughs> thumbnails and titles are all in English, but you go and watch his video and it's all in Dutch, and I think it's glorious. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, when I was watching Tyler Bell's stories where he was showing how much energy was happening in the, yeah, in the yeah. machine that he's working on, the only thing that it that I could think of was Tesla's earthquake machine. I was like, he's going to put a bunch of these on a bridge and it's going to shake the world. The resonant frequency uh, of planet Earth. That's exactly <laughs> it. Like the resonant frequency machine thing. Amazing. Uh, right. Any more for any more? Any uh, other? No, but just as a note, like don't overthink your branding and your packaging. Yeah, Just correct. good work like we try and do in everything that we make. Just for the love Just of think God. Think of it as a sandwich. Exactly. <laughs> think of it as a sandwich. And we'll have another discussion about sandwiches. But if you use more than like three fonts on anything <laughs> that you do, we're going to have words. I'm going to be upset with you. <laughs> Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. No, that's a good shout. Like you say, it, it's... It's about putting a bit of thought into it, not just covering everything in glitter. Um, unless yeah, you're Steve it. just Steve just has three X's. Like it's idiotic how <laughs> good how good that works, how well that works. It is simple and beautiful, and it works. Just do it right. Exactly. Uh, and if you want to see our packaging. Uh, which is what we put on the internet, apparently, but because that's how you links put your work, package but... on the internet. Uh, um, 
Yeah, if you want to see stuff, uh, we are in all these social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metaworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al Spock Shack! There we that go. That was too easy. That was such a tee up. Yeah. Uh, if you want to find us as a group, uh, Fools with Tools. Um, uh, that's it. I'm going to go because I was supposed to start a class five minutes ago. Yeah, um, great. We love you all. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Right, go, go. Right, yeah, me too. Bye, guys. Bye, 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 bye. Stop recording. Stop recording.